Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Pushing the Limits. Today, I have journalist and ultra marathon running legend Eugene Bingham to guest, and Eugene is the host of the podcast uh, Dirt Church Radio, which I hope you guys are listening to. It's a really uh, fascinating insight into the world of running and trail running. And um, he has a, a, a really unique style. Him and uh, his friend Matt Raymond run that podcast. Um, so I hope you enjoy this interview. We, today we're talking about the dangers of extreme sports, not just ultra marathon running, but doing pushing your body to the limits. Um, while, you know, I'm definitely a proponent of going hard and uh, mental toughness and, and pushing the body and, and all of that sort of good stuff, we also need to know about the downside. We also need to know about the risks. And recently there was a death, unfortunately, at the Tarawera Ultra Marathon of uh, a very experienced ultra marathon runner. And so um, we're going to dive into some of the dangers and some of the things you need to be aware of when it comes to pushing the body to the limits. And so you have informed consent and, and an understanding of what you're getting into when you're doing these sorts of things. Uh, before we head over to the show, though, please give the, a rating review to the show if you enjoy the content. Really, really appreciate uh, the comments and the reviews. Um, and if you can do that on iTunes or wherever you're listening, that would be really, really appreciated. And if you haven't filled your Christmas stocking yet, please head over to my shop and check out my books, uh, Running Hot, which is chronicling all my running adventures in the early days, Running to Extremes, both of those books, bestsellers, and my new book, Relentless, How a Mother and Daughter Defied the Odds, which is really a book about overcoming incredible uh, obstacles, the mindset that's required, the stuff that I learned while I was running and how it helped in this very real-world situation, facing a very dire situation within the family. Um, I hope you enjoy those books and if you have read them please reach out to me give me a, um, a review again if you can I'd really, really appreciate that you can reach me at lisa at lisatarmacy.com and just a reminder too um we are still taking on a few people uh, on one-on-one health optimization coaching. If you're wanting to optimize your health, whether it be with uh, a difficult health challenge uh, that you're not getting answers to in mainstream health and you're wanting some help navigating the difficult waters that can sometimes be, um, please reach out to us. We deal with some very uh, intricate cases and we have a huge network of people that I work with that um, we can also refer you out to. I am not a doctor but I am a health optimization coach and an epigenetics coach. Um, And we use all of the things that we've uh, spent years studying to help people navigate and advocate for them and connect them to the right places. And this is a very different type of health um, service, if you like, and it's quite high touch and it's quite uh, getting into the nitty gritty and being a detective, basically. And I'm really enjoying this this type of work and helping people, whether it be with head injuries, with strokes, with cancer journeys, uh, thyroid problems, all of the, you know, all of these types types of issues. Not that we have every answer there is under the sun, but we're very good at being detectives, working out what's going on and referring you to the right places where we're required. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to us, lisa at lisatarmity.com. Right, now over to the show with Eugene Bingham. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I have Eugene Bingham. I know, he's so famous. He actually sat down with me to record this session, so fantastic to have you here, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm very well, thank you, and thank you for having me on. 
Oh, it's such fantastic. A, such an honour. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was lucky to be on your, your show and you've been on mine and yeah. uh, we just really connected. So um, I wanted to get you back on because you've just written an article which uh, was very, uh, I thought, was an important one to discuss. And mm. it was uh, about the tragic death of an ultra runner last uh, year in, or this year um, in the Tarawira Ultra Marathon. And while we don't want to go, you know, too deep into the specifics of that particular case, or, you know, we'd like to know what you know about it, but sure. wanted to have a, um, you know, a discussion around the dangers of extreme sport or, or ultra marathon running and, and some of the things we just need to be aware of. So, you know, obviously Eugene and I, neither of us are, uh, are doctors or, you know, any of this should be construed as medical advice, but just as a, <laughs> you know, have to, yep. have to get that out there. But um, as runners and people who have experienced quite a lot in the running scene, and I've certainly um you know, experienced enough uh, drama <laughs> that it is something that we need to talk about. So, Eugene, tell us a little bit about what happened and, you know, whatever you're, you're happy to share and what you, sure. what you wrote about in your article, which we'll link to in the show notes, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Yeah, I so I was uh, a competitor in the Tarawera 100-mile race in February, which, as you said, when you said last year, it does feel like last year, doesn't it? Yeah, Gosh, it, it does. Like five years ago. But, um, yeah, it was <laughs> it's in February 2020, all those years ago. Um, and in that race uh, was, so there was about 260 of us lined up, and in that race was a runner, um, a, an older, oh, he was 52, so um, from from Japan, very mm-hmm. experienced runner, had run uh, Tarawera previously, uh, had run lots of other milers and, and, and ultra races. Um, and unfortunately, uh, about a kilometre or so from the finish, he, he collapsed and about 34 hours into the race. And although people rushed to help him and he was taken uh, to Rotorua Hospital and eventually to Auckland City Hospital, um, he, he died. And I remember I remember the afternoon we, we heard about it. Uh, mm. Tarawera put it up on its Facebook page to, to let us all know that one of our fellow runners had, had died. And I stopped. It was a shock, yeah. Yep. You know, um, we do this thing because we love it and because yep. we get enjoyment from it. And here was someone who'd pay the, the ultimate, ultimate price. Yeah. Mm. So I, I, um, you know, I wear a couple of hats, and and one of them is as a, as as a journalist. Uh, and so I, um, but really, what first kicked in was, um, uh, I really wanted to know what had happened. Yeah. I, re- I really wanted to know what had happened. Uh, I was, uh, I've, I've had health issues myself, you know, mm-hmm. had, had a few scares and so on, had a few wobbles and races. And I thought, you know, just from my own point of view, um, I was really curious to find out. But I also thought it was important to find out for other runners, was yes, there a lesson for others? And so I started to see if I could find out. Um, COVID got in the way a little bit uh and, and distracted me but um eventually I, I did manage to to track down what happened to him mm-hmm. yeah and what was the, the result of the findings in this particular case I mean you know we're gonna I want to discuss a few and sure. I think in this case it was a couple of things wasn't it but um this is you know Without picking, you know, and we're certainly not picking on on anybody or any race or anything or saying this is bad or anything, but um, what was it that you discovered in that sort of research? Sure. So so initially I remember the talk was 
that he might have had a stroke or there might have been some sort of underlying condition. Yeah. But uh, I, I got hold of his death certificate. And it, it shows that uh, he had multi-organ failure mm-hmm. and acute respiratory distress syndrome, mm-hmm. which are both conditions that, that they, they can be in multiple causes of those sorts of things. Um, but the one that jumped out to me was, was rhabdo. Um, yeah. Are you going to make me say that the proper name for Rhabdomyolysis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm an expert in rhabdo. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, that was the third one on the list. And that was the one that really jumped out at to me. Yeah. Um, Months earlier, I'd spoken to Dr. Marty Hoffman, who's mm-hmm. at a University of California, Davis, in the States, and he's a sort of recognised around the world. Basically, if there's an ultra, if there's a paper about medicine involving ultra running, mm-hmm. you'll find Marty Hoffman's name oh. on it. You know, he's, oh. he's he knows his stuff. So I'd rung him months ago um, at the suggestion of a friend, uh, Dr. John Anate, and I, I had a good chat to him, and he sort of ran through the list of you know, what we could be looking at here. But he was really, you know, it was a stab in the dark at that point. But he, he told me then that, that um, you know, that, that there, there had been no deaths from rhabdo, known deaths from rhabdo no from ultra deaths. runners. Yeah. Yep. And no uh, known deaths from from uh, ultra runners of EAH, exercise-induced hyponatremia. So, yeah. Um, so we were kind of a bit... I'm like, oh, what, yeah, what could what it be? It? What could it be? Yeah. So when when Rabdo appeared on the on the on the death certificate, I rang him back and and said, oh, actually, I emailed him and said, hey, this is what it says, and and he was very surprised because yeah. he keeps track of uh, deaths of ultra runners around the world, and and as he said, there hadn't hadn't been one recorded before. It doesn't mean there hasn't been one, of course. Yeah, it doesn't. But it's mean just no, no one. Yeah, yeah. no one yeah. causes. And and I think a lot of these things, you know, will have contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it you know, um, completely unrelated. But uh, you know, going through the journey with my dad recently, um, yeah. it was at the end had multiple organ failure. Uh, yeah, he had sepsis, however, and before yeah. that, he had an abdominal aneurysm. So yeah, it shows a regression like it. What did he actually die of? Yes, yes. Multiple organ failure, probably, mm. you know, mm. or the mm. sepsis, chicken or egg um, yeah. scenarios. So, so these things, one leads, you know, an acute respiratory syndrome, and they yeah. all lead on from one to yeah. the other when the body starts to shut down, basically. It's a cascade, isn't it? It's a cascade. That's mm. a very good way of putting it. So, mm. um, so rhabdo, and, and while there is perhaps no documented case of uh, a death from rhabdomyolysis, I don't know if they're, you know, I know in in my life I've had rhabdo. I can't even remember the number of times I've had rhabdo. Yeah, and I've um, I took away kidney damage from mm. it, um, and you know the last few years I've been trying to unravel that damage and undo that yeah. damage, and I'm, and I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it is a, a very it's quite a common thing. So. Yeah. Even we don't know whether in this case that was the actual final, you know, w- what actually did it. Um, it certainly would have been a major contributing factor. Yeah. Well, so, so what is rhabdo? I suppose you better explain what that is, eh? Yeah. So, I mean, well, from your experience, you, you'll know better than me, but I, I spoke to, to Dr. Hoffman and, and to Dr. Tom Reynolds, who is the race doctor for one of the race doctors for Tarawera. Yeah. And they explained it as uh, the muscle starting to break down and, and the myoglobin, from the muscle being released into the, into the bloodstream, and then it basically just starts clogging up your your kidneys and just causing real damage in your kidneys. The problem with it is the symptoms for it 
sort of sound like a lot of other things yep. and also can just sound like what you might expect running an ultramarathon. Yeah, the tenderness pain of, of an ultra. muscles. Yeah, tenderness of muscles, a bit of confusion and so on. Um, and then even some of the blood tests that you can do to pick it up. So they look for CK. Um, you're much more proficient in, in the medical no, not, world not. than me. But um, <laughs> the, the, the thing that they test for um, – you, basically, there was an t- experiment at uh, Western States a number of years ago where they tested bloods of, of uh, people at Western States, and they tested something like 160 runners. All of them had elevated CK levels. Yeah. So it, it, in part, it's just a function of ultra running. Your muscles yeah. are going to break down to some extent. Um, so that makes it very, very tricky to, to find out, to, to discover it. And Dr. Hoffman said sometimes the first sign you know, the first sign that you get that someone's got rhabdo is they have a seizure. Yep. Um, so it, it can be a tricky, tricky condition to pick up. Um, and, yeah, it, it's really – it's it's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. It is hard. and it, But, you know, like when, when you are going for, you know, and some of these races are 24, 36, 50-something mm. hours, um, yeah, you're going to have some breakdown of, of, of muscle. and you, you are. I mean, keeping an eye on the color of your urine, or if you are yes. not producing, yeah, that's the important one. Yes, it is probably mm. the easiest thing to think about because, yeah, like you say, the nausea and headaches and you know confusion and fatigue are all very general parts of ultra running, anyway. Mm. Um, so, so keeping an eye on that, like um, getting a pouch of fluid. What I what I would find is that in the lower abdomen, and I don't know if whether this is an actual medical symptom or not, but in the lower abdomen, I'd develop this pot gut ah. running. And, it, you know, it wasn't fat, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Within a couple of hours, um, it, it was fluid. And, right. And would usually coincide with you, you, my kidneys, they're not producing um, mm. or, or producing very little output. Um, so I think that might be a, a, a sign that something's going on there. Um, right. And, and rhabdo, like we're talking ultramarathons, but I have seen a case of, of rhabdo in a half marathon in the in summer. Really? Know? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Uh, a mild case, but yep. enough to yep. be, you know, taken to hospital. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not even just people doing the, the ex- extreme, extreme stuff. Yeah. Um, but it is a very – and you have to ask yourself how much damage are we doing every time we do – you know, and yeah. I often get asked, why are you not running anymore? Why are you not doing ultras anymore? And apart from mm. life's gotten a bit crazy in my end. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure. And I have not got the time to be doing ultras. I, I want longevity. Mm. And while I'm, um, I love ultras and I love uh, the culture and I love what I got to do, and I'm certainly not a, you know, I mean, I, I train lots of ultra runners. I, for myself don't want to put myself at that risk anymore now that I'm mm-hmm. north of 50 and mm-hmm. I, I want longevity and therefore my health comes before my sporting in, ambitions now. It didn't. Mm. It didn't mm. when I was younger. But now with <laughs> the, unfortunately one of the side effects of studying uh, medical stuff for the last five years is that I'm now a little bit more cautious <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> what you don't know, you just go and do, you know, and yeah. you don't actually know the implications. And sometimes you don't actually know the implications until, well, uh, you know, down the track, like years yeah. down the track. 
smack. Yep, um, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I think, you know, that's that's yeah. where I'm sitting at the moment as far as uh, the, the, the sort of the dangers and the risks. I mean, how did you feel as a runner who, you know, you were in the same race doing the same yeah. distance? You know, um, you're a little bit north of 25 now. Mm-hmm. Um, were you concerned? So I'm 47. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're 47? Yep, yep. 47, yeah. And, and, and did, did this make you stop and think about, do I want to keep doing this stuff? How do I feel about it? Yeah, it sure does. It certainly makes your family think of that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it reinforces that you need to have really good self-management. Mm-hmm. You need to be well-prepared. Um, yes. I spoke to, to, when I spoke to Dr. Reynolds and I said to him, we had this big conversation about all the, you know, the, the cola-coloured urine and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff, those signs of rhabdo and, and all, all the different other conditions that, that can come about, um, EAH and so on. And I said to him, boy, you know, Listening to all of that, do you recommend people run ultramarathons? <laughs> uh, and he said, look, at 3 o'clock when the medical tent is full and I've got my hands full, I look around and I go, what the hell are you hell are we doing, doing this for? Yeah. Yeah. But he says, but it, it, it's a small proportion that, that get badly affected. And, you know, as long as you manage your risks and you're aware of it, he said one of the things that he's really concerned about is people jumping up in distance too quickly. Yes, yes me or too. So, or they, they're a runner suddenly, wow, I'm going to run a 100 miler because yep. it has become, I think it's... The new marathon. <laughs> I'm, I spend, I told him, I spend more time trying to talk people out of doing milers than I do of trying to talk them into doing milers. I don't think I talk any, I'm not going to talk anyone into doing a miler. It's a very personal choice. Um I spend a lot of time talking people out of it, mates and so on, going, I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea, mate, you know. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that sounds bad. I'm yeah. I do a trail running podcast. I know, I, and I, I'm a bloody ultra running. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, I, but I just think people need to be really conscious of the risks yep. and they need to be prepared to put the time in, and that's one of the things that you've identified. Yep. You've got to prepare your body and you've got to know your body. I mean, I took – you know, I've been running my whole life and I, I didn't take the decision to enter the miler lightly. Yeah. Certainly wouldn't now, knowing what I yeah. do know now. Yeah. Uh, and when I say no, I mean, I'd always heard of rhabdo. I'd heard of, yep. you know, EAH. I'd heard of, um, you know, dehydration, all those things. And you sort of think about it, you sort of like, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. But having lined up at the start line with someone who didn't make it home, yeah, that really reinforces that these are real risks and you have to be prepared for them. You have to be ready for them. So would I st- I'm not going to stop ultra running, I don't think, um, but I'm certainly going to be a hell of a lot more careful and yeah. a hell of a- listen to my body. Exactly. Sometimes you can get that. I find one side of ultra running that I struggle with a little bit is the whole kind of like, you're not going to quit unless the ambulance takes you off the course yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Yep. I don't, I don't like that. No, I really no, don't I like totally that. I totally agree. You know, I agree. I, I love the whole mental toughness thing out of it. Don't get me wrong. I, that's one of the things that I enjoy about it. But you have to listen to your body. Yep. You have to listen to your body. I've pulled out of a 100, 100K race um, where I, you know, I, I could have pushed on. Yep. I, you know, looking back, it's like, yeah, I could have pushed on. At what cost? Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. It just wasn't worth it. Could I, you know, was it 
could I push through and be out there for another hours and hours and hours and hours putting myself through the risk? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I could have, but what was the risk? You know, what 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 could have happened? And what yeah. do I get out of it? Instead, I actually came away from that race having learned a hell of a lot of lessons. Yeah. And they prepared me for the miler, actually. Yeah, and, and oh, I think that's a beautiful <clears throat> attitude and, and, and a very uh, wise mind, you know, because, like, some of the things that I did in my uh, younger years or even, you know, I'm talking 40s, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, were uh, stupid. There yeah. was no other word for it. Um, mm-hmm. And and especially, yeah, especially in the 30s, my 30s, I thought I was bulletproof and I could push and I had yep. that mentality, you're going to have to drag me away, you know, kicking mm. and screaming and I have seen lots of others and I have nearly pushed my body on a number of occasions to the point of death and I've been mm. very, very lucky not to have died. Mm. Um, I've had tetany seizures, which is where your uh, potassium level and your electrolytes are so out of whack that the whole body cramps, and so you mm. end up having a heart attack. Mm. I was luckily at that at the point that I had it. I was in Alaska, and I'd been for six weeks out on a, on the, in the Yukon um, with poor nutrition and so on, and pushing the body every every day. I'd just come off a mountain when this anesthesia mm. hit. Luckily, I was two minutes from a hospital, and they saved my life. Wow. Um, but that would have been deadly very quickly. Mm, mm, I've seen, um, so I, you know, I've, I've experienced extreme levels of dehydration in the Libyan desert where we only had like one and a half to two liters of water a day um, wow. in 40 plus temperatures and, and gone to the point where I no longer was in control of, of, of my, my body and my, mm. um, not only just hallucinations and, and, but the central sort of nervous system starting to shut down, massive mm. kidney damage, um, and, and taking a, you know nearly two years to recover from that, I've I've had food poisoning while running across Niger, um, and and again, um, bleeding at both ends, pushing it to the absolute limit. I did pull out of that race at sixty four hours after two hundred and twenty two k's, but that was way too late. Um, you know, I've gotten away by the skin of my teeth. Not to mention going through war zones or military barred areas or yeah. Yep. Um, uh, being in really dangerous, you know, situations, and you know that's mm. another whole, whole, whole uh, podcast in itself. But you know, it wasn't worth it. Mm. I look back now, I think you know, I was just so afraid of failure. I was so mm. afraid of not achieving that which I'd set out to do. That you know, and and I have to think about it now and go, I wasn't in. You know, people who are in war scenarios or some survival situation, well, you have to freaking go to the limit yeah. to survive, yeah. Yeah? yeah? But I wasn't in that. This is a, this is a well, Libyan desert ended up like that, but it, <laughs> um, you know what I you mean? Had it's, some adventures. Oh, yeah, some stupid shit. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> but um, at what cost? Now, I've had yeah. a lot of health issues in the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes from I haven't been able to have children, you know, and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And mm-hmm. these are contributing factors. Sure. I don't know if it's the only reason for, for certain things. But um, now as a coach and as a as a older, wiser woman, I don't want to see pushing people pushing their bodies um, mm. to that point where they are actually close to dying or yep. causing major damage to their body. Yeah. Yep. It, it really Absolutely. is not worth it. No, um, this, this, I mean, this, this pushing 
there's pushing the limits, isn't there? And, and mentally, I think there's a lot to be said for having a goal that's going to stretch you and you're oh, going to absolutely. go for it. But the key is to be prepared, isn't it? To, yep. to actually to have done the training. The training. To have, to have prepared your body. Um, to to test, you know, so that you know when your body's screaming at you, you know it's saying, okay, you know what, you know, to pull the pin or, you know, to stop and rest or whatever. Um, I think there is some good, um, Tom Reynolds had some, had, has some five tips, mm-hmm. I think, which are really good. Yeah, let's um, hear them. To, 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 um, to prepare yourself for an ultra, especially, you know, especially ultras, but, but you know, even marathons, I suppose these are helpful Absolutely. for. Number one on his list, and he, I think he would make this number one, two, three, four, five, is don't take drugs like ibuprofen and Voltaren and those sorts of things. Do super not important. take them. Yeah, super important. Um, his second one is drink to thirst. Um, you know, you can, you can have problems, you can run into problems if you have too much liquid. Yep, um, which we'll talk be, about in a sec. Yep, be prepared for the conditions, you know, have a plan for a range of conditions. So make sure you've got thermals, make sure you've got, um, you know, jackets and so on uh, and layers that you can take on and take off, especially if you're going to some of these remote areas that we go to as mm-hmm. ultra runners. Um, number four, the race doesn't end at the finish. You know, pack warm clothes, get some food ready that you can eat, uh, some liquids. And another thing that he pointed out to me is actually some of the um, it's some of the most dangerous times is after that finish yep. when people get to the finish line and drive home and they're tired. Oh, you know, it's so, it's so true. You, you can crash easy. You fall asleep yeah. and crash. Yep. And number five is look out for each other. And I think that's so important. We, you know, sometimes there's a bit of competition, isn't there? But, yes, but- number one, You've got to look out for each other. Yep. You know, you are comrades in this yeah. together uh, and you've got to have each other's backs. And those little relationships that you build up with someone you've never met before, I still remember having a good chat to a, a farmer from Geraldine. We, we, I spent a lot of hours with him at Tarawera. Um, you know, haven't spoken to him since. You know, never met him before in my life, but there we were together, best mates on the trail. Awesome. You keep an eye out for each other. You know, yep. you're looking out for each other. You, you, you know, you make sure they've got their bottles filled at the aid station. You make sure that they're not, you know, getting confused or anything like that. Just looking out for each other is so important, isn't it? Oh, that, so that those is, were the, that's gold. Those were the five tips that he that he had. Dr. They're, Reynolds. They're pretty good. Pretty good. Tips. They are very good tips. You know, and um, the couple that I wanted to pick out, like the training. You know. Yeah. In my early days as a coach, I remember taking an athlete who went from half marathon to, to running uh, the big red run, 250 k's, wow. inside a month. Now that I look Whoa. back at that, that was stupid. Yeah. He, well, he came over to do 100k, to be fair, and he was doing so well, he, just, he, just, he decided to, get, to carry on and to do the whole thing. And, and it was an incredible achievement. Oh, yeah. yeah. However broke him a bit like it never was quite the same afterwards and and he wasn't ready yeah he wasn't like his body wasn't ready so when you prepare your body when you're training and you're doing these long runs and you're doing back-to-back running and you're doing strength training you're doing mobility work all these things are preparing the muscles so that yeah they don't break down so quickly and they don't end mm. up you don't end up with uh rhabdo and mm. uh, another big piece of the puzzle is the experience side of things because mm. then you can actually start to feel when your body so doing a check-in as a runner yeah. I used to do like little check-ins every every half hour or an hour I'd go right 
I'm doing a control like a pilot would before he flies the yep. airplane. How how is everything? How am I feeling? Have I have I drunk in the last ten minutes? Have I eaten anything? When was the last time I weighed? Mm. When was the last time? Just doing a, a mental checklist as often as you can. Now, one of the hard things with ultras, though, is that you start to lose your brain function. So all the blood flow is going away from your, you know, your executive uh, Mm. function up here and you become like a bit of a moron. You're like, oh. Trying to do maths, impossible. (laughs) Impossible. I remember doing a uh, 24-hour race, you know, the uh, one up at the uh, Millennium Stadium and there was some guys there testing us, so just just for a laugh, uh, doing noughts and crosses as we went around the the track and our brain function as the day and night wore on, just we we, we weren't even able to add up one plus one anymore, you know, like we just completely like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just got yeah. no blood and the brain's not functioning. So, what that what that does mean is that your ability to make good decisions is also impaired. Mm-hmm. You, you uh, mm. I remember saying to one of my uh, friends who was a paramedic, and she was with me in Death Valley in the second time I did Death Valley, and she said. And I said to her, you are responsible for my health because I was lucky I had a crew in that situation. Mm, mm, mm. If you pull me out, you pull me out. I know that you won't pull me prematurely because you know what it's yep. taken me to get here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my life is in your hands in the, in the, in the respect that I, I respect you. I respect your knowledge as a paramedic. Uh, if you tell me it's over, it's, it's over. Mm-hmm. And she, she will be able to make that decision because I knew from my personality and from my what it had cost me to get there, I wasn't going to be pulling out anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes if you can have, in the case where you have a crew, have somebody say, this is now getting dangerous. And it's a yeah. fine line. Like I pulled uh, my husband out of a race once, um, Northburn, a race that I co-founded a few years ago yeah. in South Island. And he was doing the 100K and he – actually rang me on the cell phone at 70Ks. We had a massive storm up in the mountains. It was yeah. wild. It was his first 100K. He was in the mountains. He was he was scared shitless. He was hypothermic. And I was like, oh, my God, darling, just come home. You know. Yeah. So yeah. that was – and he could have pushed on. Yeah. Like, and, and, and mentally that cost him a lot because yeah. he pulled out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't mm-hmm. push mm-hmm. over that hump. So mm-hmm. it, there's this fine line between, it sure you know, is. Yeah. softness. But, and, but he, lived to, he lived to tell the story. Exactly. You know? And he's done it since, you well, know, exactly. or done 100 cases. Does it matter? Does it matter? You know, no. um, you know we, we love those stories. I, I love reading your books. I love reading the adventures that you've been through. But by gosh, you know the when you think about the risks, oh, as you say, and the, the cost. cost, you know, man, um, and and that that's a common story. It's not you're not alone in that. It's that's mm. the that's the sport we're in. Yeah, um, and, and bunch people of push themselves. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, it's 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 ridiculous when you think about it. Um, but you know. It's a it's a tough one, and it's I think that's a really good idea having someone who's who's got your back, yeah, um, someone who you can trust. Like you say, they're not going to pull you out, you know, just because you stub, you your, stub your toe. Yeah, oh gosh, you vomited on the, the course. Yeah, or something. exactly, exactly. You know, um, who hasn't? Um, but yeah. it, but it, it, <laughs> but exactly. but you but you can trust them to the, that that when you've gone to over that red line, bang. Yeah, come on, mate, you're out. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I was lucky at Tarawera. I had a, had a really good mate who who paced me. Um, 
I went through some hallucinations, nothing wow. major. Yeah. Um, but he, but it was, you know, I had my mate there, and yep. and he he was looking out for me. In fact, he laughed at me. Um, <laughs> and I was what did fine. you see in your hallucinations? Oh, I had I had two. So <laughs> we were running around. I don't know how familiar you are with the course. We were coming around the back of Blue Lake. Yeah. Up towards the the Blue Lake aid station. So about 120 k in, and it, it was um, just before sunrise so you, know, you get that funny light yes um it's not it's still dark but but the light is changing and i swore coming up to the aid station i swore i saw a robot sitting off to the side of the trail and in my fuddled brain mind i justified it as oh it must be like reading it must be scanning us telling the aid station that we're coming <laughs> and so i saw it and i said to, to my mate gene oh that's that little robot there. that's pretty cool and he's like the what the robot there and he's like there's nothing there and I think it was a tree or something I don't know what it was but it's funny how I, I justified it to myself so I yep. thought it was fine and then um after the light changed I got a couple of situations where it's kind of, I don't know if you call this hallucination or it was vision going but I the ground was just like liquid glass wow I, I was I was like I'd lost That's my cool. yeah I was like oh oh, should I put my foot down or not? And Gene was sort of going, what are you doing? Come on. It was like, what, what's going on with the trail? What's happening to the ground? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Standing yeah. Standing class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so that was, that was, but, you know, the, uh, people have some great hallucinations, don't they? But the, but the point oh, of yeah. that was I had my mate there with me. Yeah. Um, it was never unsafe. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm grateful for that. So I think I think that's a really good tip, Lisa. I having, think, having I think hooking up. Yeah, yeah, or if you if you're you know in a race where you don't have crew, which most of them are, yep. um, you, that you do hook up with somebody if you yeah. can try and 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 not too many people because then your pacing will be all out. But if you yeah. can just hook up with one person or you know maybe two at the max. Mm. I remember mm. running uh, the Gobi Desert and uh, the Sahara with mm. Sam Gash, who was in the Desert Runners movie together, and there's this mm-hmm. great footage. And Desert Runners is playing at the moment on TVNZ. If anyone wants to. Um, nope. check it out it's a cool movie yeah. and you know we're running along holding each other's hands bawling bawling our eyes out and but we got each other through both of those massive yes. days both in the yes. Sahara and in, in the Gobi and we ran together in, in India as well but with crews in that case but that that um that comradeship that we yeah. had there was just gold and in mm. the it just helped when when you were scared shitless, you had someone there and we yep. did get lost and we did fall to pieces and we did have all sorts of dramas and mm. we kept each other going through all those mm. hard times. Mm. Mm. And mm. and I think that's one of the beautiful memories for me that, that yeah. I take away from that. And there were other people that I've done, you know, the things with um, and yeah. the depth of, of connection that you have with a human being oh. when you've gone through something like that is yeah. just next level. And that's one Absolutely. of the beautiful things because, we, you know, yeah. we're talking about all the negatives here, but yeah. it, it is just, you know, like oh, she's stunning. a very amazing woman, that one. You yeah. know, like she's yeah. done incredible yeah. things. And it's, it is it is incredible, isn't it? Those connections you make, yeah. um, the friendships you forge, even if you don't see each other again, but you've, yeah. you've, got, that, you've got that bond that, that's forever. Um, yeah, those those moments that you shared when you when you are when you're vulnerable when you're up, when you're up shit creek and literally you're and vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, I mean there have been yeah. guys you know who didn't even speak the same language or a, yeah. a woman I remember running in the Sahara at one point with a I was crying she was crying she was from South America somewhere didn't speak a word of English 
you know, or another French guy picked me up in Jordan when I was running across there and I'd passed out and he came along, picked me up, got me into the next checkpoint and, you know, another French guy in Niger, you know, it's just like, yeah. wow, you know, yeah. um, the, the, the stuff that you help each other through yeah. Is, yeah. is gold. But deaths yeah. do happen, you know, like. They do. They do. Yeah, we had one in the in the Gobi Desert. We had um, a young man, um, Nicholas Cruz, who was only like thirty or thirty one, I think. Um, and he 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 was first time doing it, uh-huh. and he wasn't trained enough, I don't think. Uh-huh. Um, and he, I, I think he'd underestimated the the, the thing, and and you know yeah. he he unfortunately paid, paid the ultimate price. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you know you've got also the dangers. I mean, you got cases like with um, Turia Pitt and you know the the, the forest fires in Australia. Or, you know, there yeah, are things absolutely. that can go wrong, even falls in these organisers' race. Yeah, falls yeah. where you've hit your head uh, and concussions, uh, and you uh, know. So just because you're in an organised event, do not think that there isn't an element of danger, or that you're yep. going to have to be self reliant. You yep. you cannot. Yep. And, and in some no. of these countries, it's beyond the abilities of, of the, 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 the organisers actually to cover every base. Absolutely. Well, even, you know, even in races in New Zealand, we go to some remote places in races, don't we? It's difficult to get. You're not just going to be able to ring up 111 and get an ambulance there. No. Nope. It's not <laughs> like that, you know. Um, I've been in a, in a race, uh, 100K race, where because there'd been lots of runners going through this, it was a narrow bit of uh, the trail. And it was dry, it was a really dry year, and runners had been going, you know, over this bit of land. And basically, as the day wore on, it sort of started to break down a little bit. Yeah. And it, I was just the unlucky one, stepped on the trail, and it went, oh. and I slid down this bank, and oh, I went heck. down, 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 thinking, uh oh, when's this going to stop? And luckily, I had a, I came to a stop on a tree, oh. not badly, um, and then basically had to scramble my way back up. Now, you know, I was fine, but you know, those those sorts of things can happen if yep. I stumbled in a wrong way as I came off the trail, hit my head, whatever. You know, so you are, yeah, you are, I mean, it's not, I mean, we don't want to run in a, in a cotton wool suit, no. do we? But, um, no, we don't want to go and through we're putting ourselves like out there. But, but you do need to be conscious. Be um, conscious of it, I think. It's, it's and, it's, and even when you're training too, you know, when you're training, when you are going out in remote areas, just be, con- you know, make sure you tell someone where you're going. Preferably run with some other mates. Um you know, maybe think about taking a, 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 a locator beacon with you if you're going somewhere really remote. Absolutely. Have a phone with you. Do those, do those sorts of things. Take those precautions. Um, just be a bit careful. We, we, you know, yes, we want to push ourselves. Yes, we want to be out there. Yes, we want to find new limits. But we also want to get back home. Yeah, we want to come home to our families and not die yeah. on the way. <laughs> yeah. If we can, you know. Uh, and, and and you can I mean people can take that to the to the level that they want to go to but just just don't want people going and thinking that everything's safe because it's an organised event or because yeah. you know hundreds of other people have done it means absolutely nothing. Absolutely, I tell you, you know, like mm. how many thousands of people have climbed Mount Everest, but it's still a freaking dangerous thing to do. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, it, it yeah. doesn't mean it's safe. Yeah, <laughs> just because yeah. lots yeah. of people have done it. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I think. Um, like if we just went through a, a bit of a list now of some yeah. of the things that you like from a medical perspective that you you know should go and do some research on and yeah. um and, and find out about one of them. So we've talked about rhabdomyolysis. Yeah. Um, dehydration is, yeah. is is the opposite. Is is well no de- dehydration is 
what we think about more, um, and that's certainly mm. something that can then can lead to troubles. Mm-hmm. Then you've got hyponatremia or EAH. Mm. So mm. hyponatremia, let's just talk about that one briefly because yeah. that's a biggie. Um, hyponatremia is a low sodium level in the body. Um, yeah. I've had it. Uh, lots of people get this. Uh, and it's, a, again, a hard one to diagnose because yeah. it has very similar to the opposite problem, which is dehydration. So hyponatremia, you've actually got too much water on board. One of the signs of this, I remember doing, was 100K, one of those Oxfam ones. Uh And because we'd been walking for so long, uh, it was a walking, Uh running uh, situation Uh in a team, I got really bad hyponatremia in that one. I was drinking a a lot. Um, I I wasn't having my electrolytes right. And my hands were like elephant hands. Wow. Um, so that's a real, that's an indication that there's something yeah. going on. So look for signs like that. Look for swelling, yeah. edema. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that could, you know. That, Nausea, that is, lightheadedness, those sorts of things as yeah, well. Which not, again, coordination, yeah. Yeah. coordination yeah. going haywire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the problem with hyponatremia is you don't want to just be thinking it's dehydration and then drinking more. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. it's, an, it's a low sodium. So your potassium and your sodium are, have an antagonistic relationship in your body. And you have for every uh, three bits of sodium that gets pushed out of the cells, two bits of potassium come into the cells. And it's a, um, it's like, it acts like a pump, and it's actually what helps your muscles contract. Mm. Um, so if you get that sodium, potassium, and your other electrolytes out of whack, there's a whole lot of things that can happen, hyponatremia mm. being one of them, um, and another one being a tetany seizure, which is uh, what I mentioned, the one I had in Alaska. Yeah, so what, what's that? That's, that's... So this is where, in, in, in my case, it was a potassium that was mm-hmm. really, really low in the body at 1.4. Yeah. Like that's wow. deadly, deadly low. And... Um, I'd had in the in the couple of weeks building up to this actual seizure, uh, my hands were doing this and I was cramping oh, all the time. And that wow. was so uh, if you ever start doing that, like this weird thing where your hands are starting to spasm. So like dinosaur hands almost. Yeah, yeah, so your yeah. fingers, for those listening can't see me doing yep. my funny thing here, it, it, it's, yeah, your muscles contracting and your fingers and pulling in. So I remember, you know, swimming at some point just in the in the lead up to this where this was happening to me. And I was like, what the hell's that? You know, and then it would go mm. off again. But that was a sign that I didn't have enough potassium, as I found out later. Right. So then right. I had I had, you know, a couple of weeks later this tetany seizure, and it started with the whole body, just like every muscle in the body cramping all at the same time. The most painful wow. thing you can ever like, like wow. really bad pain including your face muscles, including your heart, which is the yeah. problem. And and the, the pain was horrific. I thought I was dying. I, I was. Luckily, I'd just come off a mountain. I was taking shelter in a public library because it was pouring with rain and freezing cold. And this happened in the library. And there was a paramedic in the library who just happened to be fixing a light bulb. And he saw me go down. <laughs> he That's immediately. That's one of my light bulb moments. Yeah, that was very lucky. He put a uh, gel straight into my mouth. He just happened to have a gel on him. Um, 
and that gave a, a little bit of glucose and stuff yeah. to and managed to re- release the seizure for a couple of minutes before it happened again. But by then he got me into the ambulance and around to the hospital pretty quick, smart, and yeah. they were able to save me. But I, that could have been deadly. Wow. That could have been mm. a massive heart attack and, you know, on, on the way out. Um, mm. I've seen that also happen in uh, – we were in the outback of Australia with a friend, Chris Ord, and he had a technic seizure at mile mm. – uh, so at kilometre 90, sorry, and we'd been running in 40-odd degrees heat and mm. he'd been taking electrolyte tablets. So people, electrolyte tablets are absolutely crucial. You've got to have them. Mm. But the ones he was taking didn't have potassium. Uh, they had everything else in them, but the ratios weren't right. Right, yeah. And he ended up, we had to, again, um, incredible pain, the whole body seizing, um, racing him into... Uh, into the hospital at Alice Springs. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, what I did do and what you can do in a case like that is uh, we, I gave him like three cans of Red Bull, um, mm. not a, advertising for Red, Red Bull no. at all because generally no. that's a shit thing to be drinking. <laughs> in this case, with, yeah. its, with what it's got in it and the sugars and stuff, um, that helped. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's just a potassium-sodium yeah. balance so thing. The, that's the thing, isn't it? We're messing with our chemistry. Chemistry. We're missing, we're yeah. missing with the body's chemistry. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I had one race where I, I, I um, just finished, and as soon as I finished, I just started shaking. Oh, yeah. Shaking and shaking and shaking. I couldn't yep. stop for hours. Um, and it wasn't cold. I wasn't uh, cold. Oh, yeah, uh, I know what that but, is. Yeah. I, well, what is it? Because well, I, I don't know I, the name of it, but I've had that many times. And yeah. It's basically where you've just got nothing left in the body. Yeah. No somebody glycogen. Said to me, yeah. Somebody said to me glycogen. Yeah. Just yep. the glycogen. You just got gone. nothing. You got yeah, nothing, nothing to heat because you know yeah. like we're heating ourselves all the time with our glycogen yeah. supplies and our glucose that's running around mm, in our body. Mm, mm. And you were just on absolute zero basically. So yeah. if we've taken your blood sugars, I bet you would yeah. have been really, really low. Right. And and um, so like like in death oh, I'm telling all my bloody stories but no, no, it's um, right. I remember in Death Valley we'd be had like 55 degrees during the day I'd had heat stroke and had all that and then at night time it was 40 degrees and I got mm. the shivers I was right. doing that I was like this right. and it was 40 degrees and I was yeah. like really what the hell's going on it's 40 yeah. degrees it was a lot yeah. cooler than it had been but I just had nothing left in the tank and therefore mm. I was shaking and mm. that can be a real danger when you're say in the Himalayas mm. you know, which you've also done and that's uh, where you just cannot warm up and mm. you can't keep your heat going and then mm. you can run into other problems where you just start you you know, your your blood sugars just keep dropping, and yeah. you can end up when you know, um, yeah. going into a coma just because your blood sugars is yeah. too low, and you or you got hypothermia. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, that's the the other problem that happens, and I've had this a couple of times after ultras is I just have zero appetite. I can't, yeah. I just can't face the thought of food. Mm-hmm. You've got to get something into you. You've yeah. got to start replenishing your body. You've got to look at soups or something to get yep. some nutrition back into you, don't you? Because yep. like you say, it can be dangerous. And that's your recovery too. Like if you can get yeah. something in, it will help you recover a heck of a lot faster. Mm. faster. Even mm. like, you know, mm. just generally fully training runs if you can get something yeah. in within an hour. But usually within an hour you just do not feel, you just feel like vomiting if you, if you, mm. if you eat too much. So you just have to take a little, 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 little nibble, 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 yep. nibble. 
yeah. and yeah. something that you're really uh, usually it's savory, salty things that you yes. will get have a taste for. So super yeah. things or something like mm. that. Just try and mm. get something in. Mm. My gosh, there's a lot to be worried about, isn't it? <laughs> And that's the thing. That's the thing. Look, these are all things that you need to be conscious of. But yeah. but you you, you, gotta, you manage your risks, don't you? You, yeah. you can you can manage them. And what, one of the other things that, that that Dr. Reynolds said, and I think is is pertinent too, though, what, just while we're dwelling on the bad things, yeah. is that these risks are exponential. So he says, don't think that um, you know you run a hundred k. Oh yeah, well then one hundred and sixty k is you know that's only another sixty k. It's <laughs> it's an exponential no. increase and an exponential increase in those risks as well. So, so, so be good. conscious of those oh. things as well. You know? Yeah. So watch when you're um, jumping up and distances, yeah. and also yeah. don't fall into the trap of thinking. Oh, I did it once, therefore it's a piece of cake. I can do it, you know, yeah. every race. Oh, I've run into this where I've, you know, I, I came off the back of a Himalayan one. I'd just done 222 Ks. I thought it was the bee's knees. Yep. And then I went and did it just a couple of weeks later and I hadn't recovered properly. Um, a 50K in Australia. Yeah. And the wheels freaking came off at yeah. 25K. And yeah. I was in the, yeah. I had to yeah. be rescued by some beer drinking Aussies in the middle of the bush. <laughs> <laughs> that was a come down, I'll tell you, you know, like ego suddenly deflated. Um, yeah, yeah. But oh, it, absolutely, Lisa. And, and that's, I, I learned that lesson, even just with the, mar- just with the marathon. Just yeah, don't say just. Yeah. Don't say just, but just with the marathon, you know, I I ran, I ran my first marathon when I was 21 and uh, I trained for it. And so I found it actually quite easy. Yeah. I, I don't mean that, I wasn't fast, but but I, it was, I got to the end of it. I kept waiting for the wall. The wall never came. I got to the end of it. I thought, oh. So I made the mistake of thinking, marathons are easy. It's a piece, piece of cake. Of cake. Uh, yeah, I Lined got up for the next one. Took <laughs> it cruisy. Hardly did any training. Oh. And kicked my butt <laughs> so bad. And it was like, it was just the marathon telling me, sunshine, respect, respect the distance. Respect Abs- the distance. Respect the distance. You cannot run something like this without respecting it. And yes. that, it was a good lesson. Good it lesson. was a good lesson. I learnt my lesson. Oh, Boy, hurt, but I learnt my lesson. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and by that token, respect any distance. People come and often say Absolutely. to me, you know, oh, 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 I'm, I'm, just doing, I'm just doing half marathons or I'm just doing marathons. Yeah. And because, you know, the, I've done lots of ultra marathons, they think, oh, that would be nothing for you. And I'm mm. like, hell no. Hell no. Hell Absolutely. no. Every distance is to respect because mm-hmm. it's all a pacing mm-hmm. thing for starters. A hundred yep. meters is a long way when you're going at, you saying bolt speed mm. and 5k mm. is really fast when you're going at your mm. maximum and a mm. 10k is an eternity uh, mm. so it's all relative to pace for starters and yep. the second thing is never think because you did it once next time it's going to be sweet yep. and Eugene's yep. just given us an absolute good example of that <laughs> and it is it's like if take Every race is if this is a big deal and you yep. have to prepare your body for it. And mm. don't – oh, another mistake I made. This was awesome. <laughs> another <laughs> embarrassing thing. So, uh, you know, done 25 years of stupid stuff. And then when my mum got sick, I, I didn't train, obviously, properly for, for 10 months. And then I ran across the North Island raising money for a, a yep. charity. A friend had died, Samuel Gibson, mm. a wonderful man who we lost – and I was so moved, I decided I'm going to run anyway. And I had yeah. not been training for 10 months because mm. I've been looking mm. after my mum. And mm. I sort of thought, ah, I'll be sweet. I've done this yeah. backwards and upside down. I can do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, my ass got handed to me. 
And yeah. I got I got through it, but oh hell, it was hell. Yeah. It was not yeah. it was not funny. So yeah. prepare. Yeah. And even though yep. you've done it a hundred times, doesn't mean you still got it. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. That's and right. I certainly and, don't got it now. <laughs> and that, and that, that point you made earlier about recovery too. You know, I've done. I did a hundred k race, and then the, had this plan to to recover. You know, to take weeks off. Got pressure, peer pressure. Yep, mates, we're doing a fifty k. Come on, come on. No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to. Peer pressure, peer pressure. Okay, yeah, I went and lined up, did this fifty k race. Oh boy, and yep. it just set me backwards. It yep. set me back so far. You know. Yep. Um, Mentally to, too. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we've really um, got to, yeah, we've got to be, we've got to respect things. We've got to ex- not expect that our body's got it just because we've done it once before. Uh-huh. We've got to be aware of things like rhabdomyolysis, heat stroke, hyponatremia, uh, altitude. If you're doing altitude, well, yep. that's a podcast in itself. Um, yep. You know, be aware of burnout, hypothermia, burnout. yeah, dehydration. Mm. Uh, mm. All of these things that, uh, are things that. It can and do happen, technique seizures, electrolyte imbalances, um, getting lost, uh, going through dangerous places, uh, mm. you know, breaking ankles and all that sort of thing. <laughs> it's, all, it's all part, it is, it is, can happen. So be aware of that. And we're not saying don't go out and have adventures because that would be really mm. hypocritical. Yeah. But prepare for those adventures, get proper it's, training, get proper yep. coaching, know yep. what you're in for. Mm. It's like driving a car. One of the most dangerous things we do, yep. but we make sure we wear our seatbelts. We make sure our cars have got a warrant of fitness and they're serviced and everything. We make sure there's air in the tires. We make sure there's fuel in the tank, and yep. our bodies have got to be like that as well, don't they? Exactly. Now, driving is so so dangerous. You know, so many people a year die on our roads. Yeah, but more but than we, ultras. So, <laughs> yeah, so we don't. So we don't not drive. We just make sure that when we drive, we're prepared, and our and our our car is prepared. Well, that's the same as running. You know, yep. there are risks, not as much as driving, but there are risks. But we just make sure we've got the air and the tyres, that we've got the fuel in the tank, that we're serviced and ready to go when we line up for races. Brilliant. Eugene, you've been fantastic today. I know you've got another thing to get to. So I want to thank you for writing that article. I want to thank you for your honesty and openness about this because it's really important that we do talk about it. In our, mm. in our running community and, and just share the good, the bad and the ugly. That's what I think is important. Um, and, you know, keep up the great work. Of course, people should go and listen to Dirt Church Radio. It's a fantastic podcast. That's well, we have great guests. That's why, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an honour to be on your show, mate. And I love talking to you and I love what you do. So thanks very much, mate, for being on the show today. Anytime. Thanks, Lisa. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 